Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. Here we are, my friend. Episode 9, Season 3, Feel the Night. Mm, Yeah. Like the song in the original motion picture soundtrack by Baxter Robertson. That is exactly right. It scored Daniel and Allie's first date at one golf and stuff. And you feel the night coming out of nowhere in the lights. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Sal. Kudos. Well, now, Sal, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you remember the song that played when Samantha and Miguel went on their first date at Golf and Stuff? Well, because we're in the universe, I'm going to say it was also a song from The Karate Kid. Correct. So I'm going to say maybe that commuter song. What was that commuter song? Young Hearts. Yes, that's right. By the way, I like that commuter song. It's got a nice uh, techno feel to it. Yeah, it's a great track. And it also underscored Daniel and Allie at Golf and Stuff, but the second time they went, when she was mad at him and he was chasing her down, trying to set things straight, and her friends were trying to you know, block him a little bit, and then they finally made up. So, yeah, they had two scenes at Golf and Stuff. Actually, this episode has a really cool mystery, I think anyway, surrounding Mrs. Mills. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay, you're on to it. Okay, great. I, I look forward to talking about that. All right. So, like all other episodes in this season, it came out on January 1st, 2021. Again, Season 3, Episode 9, Feel the Night. Sal... Please tell me your guess for the IMDb rating. You know what? I was thinking about this earlier. And, and again, <laughs> we, we are honest. I do not look. I do not check. No. I think we've been sort of in the high eights. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to say 8.8. Woo! 8. Close, but at 8.9. Wow. Look at this, though. See? I'm, I'm finally <laughs> back on my game. Yes. <laughs> All right. And the synopsis for this episode is, it's Christmas time in the valley and romance is in the air. Daniel and Miguel find unexpected common ground, and the Cobra Kai recruits go on a mission. Yeah, kind of weird to see Christmas time right now. I mean, it's not Christmas time, so yet here we are watching it. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. And then, in the, and then we don't see Christmas again later, right? It's just in the beginning. True. I mean, this did air right after Christmas, so it was the Christmas spirit when it came out. But it works for this episode, I would say, at least in the beginning. Yeah, I guess they just wanted to establish why everyone is where they're at. Correct. And then they don't really revisit it again. So, Sal, this is really exciting, though, too, because this is episode nine out of ten. So, this is the setup for the finale. And then we have to go back to the waiting game. And you and I can fill in with special episodes and deep dives into various things. But... This is near the end of the road, but it's an exciting episode to say the very least. Oh, yeah, very much so. And for those of you who weren't so thrilled about the last couple of episodes, believe me, hang on, get ready for this one. Well, who is that? Who are you talking about? I don't know. I mean, you know, some episodes are better than others. Some episodes more exciting than others. I mean, obviously, hey, check the IMDb ratings. Everyone agrees, you know, maybe not every episode is is gold, you know. So I would just say that this one is more exciting than the previous, I'd say. 
But they all work together. It's like building a house. Every episode has a purpose, has a need. And you might have stronger ones than others individually, but together they work well. And if they go back and binge it, which they most likely do, it all kind of flows together anyway. You're absolutely right. I mean, it all comes together in the end. You know, it's just, it's a ride. It's definitely a ride. It has its ups and its downs, goes slow, goes fast. Cobra Kai is definitely a ride. Yes. All right, Sal, here we go into the scene by scene breakdown of the episode. You ready? I am ready. All right. So we start with a Christmas tree montage that bounces around different parts of Los Angeles. And then it winds up on 14072 Alonzo Avenue in Encino. Is that the same house? That is exactly the same house because I've driven by it more than a few times. The only thing different I noticed was there's a fence kind of past the trees that they've decorated right in front of the door. That fence wasn't there all the times I visited, but I guess it was for effect. But yeah, that is it. That is exactly the house because you can even see the sign. There's a stop sign and there's a street sign and that is absolutely it. Do you know if the stop sign was there originally? It was there originally. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting because, you know, the San Fernando Valley has become obsessed with putting stop signs and signals <laughs> everywhere. I mean, there'll be a stop sign or a signal and then a block away, another stop sign or signal. Really, it's, it's become this horrible nuisance in the San Fernando Valley as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now I sound like the guy bitching about manhole covers. Yeah, man, back in my day, we call them <laughs> manhole covers. So... We open with Mrs. Mills because we're inside the house. We can tell by the way this montage is going and she's walking and talking. And Sal, who is she talking to? This woman who's talking about shopping at Nordstrom yep. at Christmas, she mentions Century City Mall. Great mall, by the way. A fantastic mall, but she lives in Encino. She doesn't need to go over the hill. You got Topanga, you got Promenade. You have these malls that you can go to uh, here in the San Fernando Valley. So interesting choice. The camera lands on Allie. Allie is sitting on the couch. She has her feet up, and she's talking to her mom, talking about being home for the holidays. Visiting from Colorado. So, Sal, I had no idea that Elizabeth Shue was in this episode. I thought they had tried and failed until I saw the exterior. And then I thought, uh-oh, hold on. Is this really happening? So I was over the moon, couldn't believe it. There she is in the flesh, one Allie Mills Schwarber. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see about that last name very soon. <laughs> but the funny thing is, they talk about Cobra Kai holding their, keeping their cards to the vest, right? Yep. Playing close to the vest. Yep. Episode nine. Look when we get Allie. Episode nine. Holy Episode cow. Episode nine. Yeah. And uh, Jason, we teased this in the beginning. A little bit of interesting trivia. Yeah. Mrs. Mills in this episode, played by Deborah May, was not the original Mrs. Mills. No, she was not, Sal. This actress, fine job, but the original Mrs. Mills, played by Shannon Wilcox. Shannon Wilcox is not credited at the end of The Karate Kid, Mr. Mills is, that is William Bassett. There is no end credit for Mrs. Mills at the end of the original Karate Kid movie, nor on IMDb. I had to go into some fan forums to find out the original Mrs. Mills, played by Shannon Wilcox. I did lots of cross-referencing with photos to prove this. Shannon Wilcox, original Mrs. Mills. Today, Mrs. Mills, played by Deborah May. Wow. 
more mysterious is why wasn't she credited? Yeah, from the original film, I'm not sure what happened there. It could have been an issue with her representation, a contract. You never know. I mean, that's an interesting thing you've stumbled on there. And is she still alive, Sal? I believe she is still alive, which only increases the mystery. Why didn't they have her back? And I know that William Bassett, who played Mr. Mills, as you just said, is still alive. Yes, And yes. easily could have been in the episode as well, but he wasn't in it either. And nor was anyone playing Mr. Mills. Yeah, so when you look at these choices that are made, when you look how far back this goes related to the Mrs. Mills character, what's going on? Yeah. Somebody's got to tell us something. Maybe one day we'll find out all the answers to the Mrs. Mills mystery. And unfortunately, we're running out of people. We've lost Jerry Weintraub, rest in peace. We lost John G. Avildsen, rest in peace. So, yeah, we're going to have to get to the bottom of this mystery pretty soon. Well, maybe we can find the answers by speaking with William Bassett. We'll see if we can ever get there him on Let's Talk Cobra Kai. So, it is interesting. And knowing these creators, there had to be a reason why Shannon Wilcox wasn't in this. Perhaps they reached out to her, asked, and maybe she feels scorned from not being credited in The Karate Kid. So, they went out and got Deborah May. Whatever the reason is, Deborah does a fine job in this. And really, it's just kind of nice to know that the family still resides here, the mills still own this house, and Allie's home for the holidays. Very interesting to see where this is going to go. Allie's in town. So now we're in Johnny's bedroom, and he and Carmen wake up, Sal. Yeah, this is where it gets uh, complicated. Allie's in town, and Johnny's waking up with Carmen. And by the way, so we are to assume that Carmen has spent the night at Johnny's place for the night, right? Well, that was a passionate kiss that led to a TV falling off the wall, and they headed straight for the bedroom. So I'm to assume that she stayed the night at his house. Okay, so when I was a kid, if I woke up and my mother wasn't there, it wasn't that shocking for Miguel to wake up and not find his mother Carmen there. And how about uh, Grandma? Right? Rosa. Rosa. Donde esta Carmen? It's early though, Sal. We don't know what time they got up. They don't show us the clock smartly. It could be 6, 6.30. Miguel's passed out. Carmen wakes up and she's got 10 feet to walk to her place. So, But when she does get up, Sal, I like this little conversation they have. She says, where do we go from here? And Johnny says, I don't have much in the fridge. I could whip you up some. And then she interrupts him because she's not talking about food. Well, specifically, he said, I could fry up some. And we all know he was going to say bologna. <laughs> yeah. I guess it would be the classic dish that Johnny likes so much. But they're going to put off any sort of relationship talk, which is great to see them having this talk in the first place. But they're going to hold off until she gets off work. And so she skedaddles home to get ready for work. And Johnny's having a breakfast of champions, Sal. Yes, he is. He is indeed making a bowl of shredded wheat. So while he's having his shredded wheat, we hear a notification from Facebook. And Sal, who's the message from? The message is from Allie. She says, want to get lunch. By the way, this reminds me of an old girlfriend of mine who wouldn't tell me she was in town until she was in town. Yeah. I mean, why didn't she tell him ahead of time, hey, I'm coming into town? Surely she had a, at least a week's notice. Uh, she's got two kids. She had to see them off on their way to go spend the holidays with their father. Who knows? Who knows, Sal? But now he knows that she's in town. 
And it's like right when he notices this, he sees Carmen walk out of her apartment ready for work. And you can just see that complicated look on Johnny's face. Like he's very conflicted here. Well, when Johnny first gets the message, he literally had to spit out his shredded wheat. <laughs> yeah. Right? It was too much for him to handle. The shocking message from Allie. He didn't expect that. And then, yeah, he go, looks over and he sees Carmen. Yeah, he's, uh, he's conflicted right now. So now we're at Miyagi-Do Dojo, and we see Miguel and Sam. And I love this photo. This Mr. Miyagi photo is getting lots of play in the season, which I love. The more Mr. Miyagi, the better, Sal, as far as I'm concerned. And Miguel mentions like, oh, this is the guy that started Miyagi-Do. And Sam kind of goes with it and tells him who he is. But Sal, Mr. Miyagi, as much as I love him, he did not create Miyagi-Do karate. No, he did not create it, no. But that just gets glossed over here because, you know, Sam doesn't really know the true history, I think. I mean, Daniel's still learning the history, so I guess it's not a big deal, but it was just a like, oh yeah, he's getting credit for that. We don't know how much of Miyagi history Sam knows. Yeah. Also, when Daniel just came back from his recent trip to Okinawa, we don't know how much he shared or what he shared with his family. How about all the stuff he learned from Chosen? Do you think that he explained that to Sam? I doubt it. It he doesn't probably seem tells like Amanda in bed. <laughs> That's like a late night chat with your wife. <laughs> yeah, pillow talk. Yeah, so Sam might be a little bit in the dark about this, but Miguel asks about Miyagi, oh, like Sensei Lawrence learned everything from Kreese, and then Sam responds, Miyagi was nothing like Kreese. Well, she did know Miyagi, though, which is kind of cool that Sam had that relationship. We've never seen it, but it is cool to know that she did know and connect with Mr. Miyagi. That's true. Do we know how young she was when Miyagi was around? She was very young, right? She must have been much younger. Okay. As a little girl, Sam, I, I don't know how much history she may know on Miyagi, and I don't know how much Daniel has really gone down the rabbit hole of Miyagi, though. True. And then Miguel picks up the classic Dendin Daiko. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is sort of a magical moment. Yeah. Everybody who knows me, Jason, of course, our listeners, I love Karate Kid too. Absolutely love that movie. And when, he, when Miguel picks up that, well, it's, it, here it's just called an Okinawan hand drum. I know it. We know it as the Den Den Daiko. Yes. I love seeing Miguel grab that. It just, it, it kind of unites the past and the present, you know? Yeah. Then he tries to steal it. <laughs> he puts it in his pocket. Yeah. And this leads to what we knew was probably coming, brewing from the last episode. They begin to kiss, Sal. You know what? As I was watching this, one thing I, I look for when I see makeout scenes is I look for chemistry. I, I want to see chemistry. I want to believe it, you know? Sure. And I'll tell you, great chemistry with Miguel and Sam here. Absolutely. They do have it. We saw it when they were at golf and stuff back in the day. What was that? Season one. And you absolutely see it here. Of course, though, the moment is ruined as Daniel walks in. Yes. And I love his line here because it, it's sort of a tip of the hat to an old joke because Daniel says, is that my drum in your pocket? Yes, indeed. And the continuation would be, or are you just glad to see me? Old joke, probably from vaudeville. Yeah, very funny. And he's like, oh, yeah, Miguel quickly uh, takes it out. And uh, there's no talk. There's no mention of Din Din Daiko. But Sam does show him how to block like it, which I liked. Sam knew the move, which was kind of cool. Yeah, she does do the Din Din Daiko move. So she knows that. So yeah. she knows the that is the secret of Miyagi-Do Karate is based on the drum. So she does know the secret of Miyagi-Do. So that's maybe how far into her own folklore that she might go. Yeah. And Sal, I have a question for you. We both agree they have chemistry. Absolutely. 
but is this a good thing in your mind? Well, in a couple of scenes, we're going to see what Daniel thinks about this because Sam has jumped around. I mean, nobody's had more partners, for lack of a better term, yeah. than her in this series. She's had three, right? Right. Three. Yeah. I and think- one twice. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's such a good idea for her to be with Miguel. And that's nothing against Miguel. Uh, obviously, we all love Miguel. But yeah, is this a good idea? Probably not. So, now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo and Robbie wakes up because we remember- Chris took him in last episode. Didn't know he was sleeping there, but now we know. And he hears Chris in the other room working out. So Robbie comes in and Chris offers him some bad coffee. And then out of nowhere, he begins to show Robbie this new move, Sal. He starts to show him the Cobra Strike. And boy, did I want to see this. But... Yeah, it's sort of a tease. We don't get to see the Cobra Strike. He starts to hint. He talks about a lunge, yeah. right? And then, boom, here comes the Cobra Kai students walking in and interrupting our tutorial. To be continued, Chris, I have to see this move. And you're right. They come in and Hawk is immediately on the attack. Yeah, Hawk says, what the hell are you doing here? Says that to Robbie. And Chris says, Mr. Keen is our guest. And I thought about this for a second. You know, I like to pause. You do. Robbie is kind of like his grandson. This is as close to a grandfather as Robbie might have, and this is as close to a grandson as Kreese might have. And as horrible of an idea as that is, that probably is what it is. That's true. It's a very good point. And he really is that. Kreese made Johnny Lawrence a great fighter, two-time champ, almost a three-time champ. Robbie did very well in his first attempt, and he now is under Kreese's tutelage, and he thinks he can create another champion. So yeah, this is a, it's like Karate Kid Grandfather. Yeah. So now we're getting into the more of the generational aspect of this. So in this instance, Robbie is to Sam, right? What Sam is to Miyagi, yeah. Robbie is to Kreese. Correct. So now we're in the Cobra Kai office as this conversation with Kreese and Hawk continue. And Kreese explains some things. Well, Hawk is quick to say, he's not one of us. Yeah. And Kreese says, with the All-Valley back on, we need as much strength as we can get. And Hawk says, he put Miguel in the hospital. He's the enemy. And Kreese's answer, we've heard this before. Kreese didn't invent this idea. The enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's such a great line, though. Oh, yeah, because I think about that a lot, especially in the world of politics. You think about that, right? Yeah. And Kreese isn't wrong. Robbie is a great fighter, at least amongst this caliber of students. He went toe-to-toe with Miguel in All-Valley, lost in the finals. And yeah, he's by far the greatest asset to Cobra Kai, if Robbie officially joins, that is, than anyone. So yeah, Kreese is looking for all-stars. I mean, look what Kreese has done in recent episodes. He's got Tori probably their best fighter. And now he's got Robbie, who could be their best fighter. So he's done a damn good job at recruiting. And we still don't know from the beginning where Tori learned how to fight because she came into the show. That's true. Having some fight experience, having some fight training, it appeared. That's why there were some fan conspiracy theories about Terry Silver. I read one, Terry Silver being Tori's dad, which I found an interesting fan theory. But at least it would explain how Tori came onto the show already knowing how to fight. I want a little bit more backstory on, on Tori's upbringing. Yeah. 
so this is kind of neat. This is like the third scene in a row that we're still at the Cobra Kai Dojo. Now we're in the back room where Tori and Robbie talk as he packs up his gear and who knows where he's going, Sal. So what does Tori tell Robbie? You can see where they're on the same page. Tori's trying to relate to Robbie, letting them know that, you know, they come from the same place. And in essence, may their rage unite them, I think is what she's trying to do. Right. But she explains to Robbie how Kreese taught her how to channel her anger. And she says, and when you channel it, it makes you stronger and it feels good. And then she kicks and punches the heavy bag. And then she invites him to get together with everyone after the class. But she says, or you can run away again. And Robbie's taking it in. So who knows? He's being uh, seduced by the dark side, I would say. Sometimes I forget the older I get, how impressionable a young mind can be. You know, an adult coming to a young person's life or a bad influence coming to someone's life and and you see how they can get in their head. You see how that happens. So yeah, this show has given me a greater appreciation for uh, the innocent mind. Do not corrupt it. So now we're at Magnolia Kitchen Cafe. Sal, I'm assuming this is Atlanta. Okay, I thought about this for a second. Magnolia Kitchen Cafe. What I think that the show did is they merged Magnolia Grill in North Hollywood yeah. and California Chicken Cafe in Encino. And that's how they got Magnolia Kitchen Cafe, by merging two of our local establishments. I think you're right. I think it was a, a mashup, a California mashup. And Johnny's there. This is the big meeting, Sal. This is Johnny out of his element in a place that he thinks Allie might like. And I like that he's observing this customer order. The man orders a vegan mandal bowl with spiced carrots turmeric cauliflower, and coconut yogurt. And let me tell you something, Jason. I'm not here to bash vegan food. I like vegan I food do very much. I really do. But kind of like to have a cheeseburger ahead of that. You know, like I used to have this friend, a vegan friend. She would have these parties, great parties, and she would have a vegan spread. It was great. Uh, we would stop it in and out on the way. Yeah. Is that wrong? No. <laughs> not at all. Well, kind of like what happens here. So... Here comes Allie. There's this awkward hug moment, of course, but it's just so great seeing them together, Sal. I mean, they never had a scene together in The Karate Kid. Not just the two of them. Hang on, what? They never had a moment like this. They never had a scene where it's just the two of them. Wow. Think back to The Karate Kid. Yeah, they were in scenes together with yes. a lot of other people, yes. but they never had those moments. I mean, the only time I even thought about this was when Johnny was telling Miguel the story about seeing Ali at the movie theaters and like, oh, we were getting little glimpses of pre-Johnny and Ali, but still, we've never seen this. And what a wonderful payoff. Yeah. And you know what? I was also cross-referencing some original Karate Kid scenes, seeing the younger versions. Yeah. To our listeners, if you ever get a chance, bounce back and forth from Cobra Kai to Karate Kid. Please do. Oh my God. It's just so cool to see these people when they're young and then to see them present day. Wonderful treat for the fans. So yeah, here we have Allie and Johnny sitting down together. A, a wonderful treat to see. Yeah. And she is so cool. And what I forget, or I quickly remember how good of an actress that she is. Yeah, I'm totally believing everything. I'm buying it. As a viewer, when I watch something, I just want to totally believe it. And I, I totally believe her. I, I'm yeah. believing everything about her. And, you know, if you go back to the original Allie, just a, a sweet person. 
I completely agree, Sal. And I love this conversation as other things are coming out, such as they haven't seen each other since senior year at the All-Valley Tournament, Sal. I mean, I guess they were both seniors, but does that mean Daniel was also a senior at All-Valley? So he went to West Valley High School for one year? Is that right? Jason, I think we've learned by now not to try to figure out timelines in the Cobra Kai world. Yeah, I know. Vague. They're very vague. And yeah. they shift. <laughs> but, Jason, speaking of taking creative liberty, if you notice when they did the flashback to the Karate Kid scene when Daniel wins at the tournament and Allie rushes him and screeches, You're the best. Yes, she didn't say that. And I went back to the movie just to double check. Allie does not say you're the best when she runs up to, to Daniel. She says it earlier. And when she says it in the movie, it kicks off the song, the classic Joyce Esposito song. She does say it, but much earlier in the tournament. And of course, a, a tribute to you're the best around. Of course. Yes. So when Johnny goes to order, I got to give him credit, Sal. He nailed that customer's order. He made fun of it when he overheard the guy, but he said it verbatim. He did. He did a great job. It shows something about his learning skills. He's maybe what they call an audio learner. That's it. Yeah. Because I had to go a couple of times to learn this order, a vegan mandal bowl with spiced carrots, turmeric, cauliflower, and coconut yogurt. I had to go back and forth a couple of times. Johnny nailed it hearing it once. He did. Allie looks at him like, who is this guy? And then she orders what, Sal? She says, well, I don't know what a Mondal bowl is. <laughs> How are the cheeseburgers? And the waitress goes, oh, they're my favorite. And Johnny changes his order. But I wanted to think for a second, whatever made Johnny think that Allie was a vegan? Where did he get that from? I think it's just a cool hip order. He figures she knows things. She's a doctor, okay. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're back at Miyagi-Do Dojo. And Daniel and Sam are talking about boys. And what does Sam say to Daniel? Well, Sam apologizes to Daniel. She says she should have told him that Miguel was coming over. Yeah. And they talk about Miguel. They mention Robbie. They mention Kyler. He says she's adding more drama to her life than you even need. So he's kind of concerned that he, it seems like she's kind of like, you know, going from one guy to the next. True. And he's also seen a sequence of events that have happened with all these kids and you know, there was Kyler and Kyler was getting beat up by Johnny and then there was Miguel and then the fallout from Miguel, he became Cobra Kai. And then there was Robbie who they brought in their house. All of a sudden they're an item and then Robbie's in jail and then he's beating Miguel. So Daniel's not stupid. He's thinking it might be loosely related to what's going on. So he's voicing his concern. But I love that she says, come on, dad, it's not 1984. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And also, also, Jason, at this moment in time, neither Sam nor Daniel know that Kyler is in Cobra Kai. No, you're right. They don't know that. Not yet. Well, they'll be in for a rude awakening. Yes, they will. So now we're in the woods. And Sal, this kind of looks like Coyote Creek. You know, this scene kind of confuses me. All right. A little grievance with Cobra Kai. <laughs> okay, so... The Cobra Kai gang arrives, and we're talking Hawk, Kyler, Tori, and, and then random these th- others, and a couple of random guys we don't know yet. Robbie arrives, like he met them there, but then he's surprised to learn they're at the zoo. Hello, you met them there. Well, first of all, also, how did Robbie even get there? We're going from the San Fernando Valley to Ventura. That's at least a 20, 30 minute car ride on the 101. How did Robbie even get there? And then when he gets there, he doesn't even know where he is. So, I was a little confused by that. 
Robbie getting there, that's a great point. It reminds me of the Karate Kid when Daniel does not get a ride home from the ocean after he got beat up by Johnny. And it's like, Daniel, you don't even know where you are. You're in the middle of nowhere, but you'll just get home to Reseda on your own? Sure. Okay, great. And where was that scene, Sal? Well, the original beach location was Leo Carrillo. How far is that from Reseda? (laughs) Well, okay, you need to go over the, I think they're called the Santa Monica Mountains. You need a car, guys. This is especially for you East Coasters that know you can maybe get everywhere on the transit. You need a car in Los Angeles to get to many places. There's just no public transit to get you to a lot of places. In this instance, in order to get from the San Fernando Valley to Ventura, you need a vehicle. So did he Uber there? That's an expensive ride. So they're drinking beer and come to find out they're breaking into the Ventura Zoo? Yeah, they're going in through a back gate that looks like it's been torn open. Talk about poor security. Any animal could escape out of that messed up gate. And right before they go in, though, Tori has to kind of reassure Robbie. She says, don't worry, it won't violate your probation. You got out of juvie, not sing sing. I like that she said juvie. Juvie is a term I thought it was regional. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, Short for juvenile hall, you, you would say juvie. Yeah. So interesting choice of words. I liked the word juvie. So now we're back to Magnolia Kitchen Cafe. And Johnny and Allie are having a great time. And they start to get into things, Sal, that all I wanted was visuals. You know, I almost wish there was a flashback of something we've never seen because they talk about their first date. It almost makes you think that if you were to make a film right now, you have the scenes that are going to make it to the final print, but then just film some random various scenes. Totally. Just for the hell of it. Just imagine if John G. Alvidson would have filmed them on a Ferris wheel, just for the hell of it, oh. never knowing what would have became of it. And then now we could have used that footage today. Just an interesting concept for filmmakers. Maybe just take some random footage and maybe you'll use it in 30 years. Yeah. But yeah, apparently the, their first date didn't go very well, but they had a great second date because they were an item, Sal. They had a romance. It probably lasted a few years in high school, pre-Karate Kid, pre-Daniel. And they probably had some good memories and they obviously did. And it just ended and they went their separate ways. And Daniel didn't break them up as you and I and everyone else knows, but he didn't help them get back together. So, but Johnny's really, he's growing, Sal. And this is just a representation of how much he's grown to put Allie here. And you just can't help but look at him and think, my God, he's not the guy from the Karate Kid at all. He's grown, he's taken his lumps as a person. And he actually apologizes to Allie. And to use a Seinfeld reference, he did actually say, I'm sorry, versus just say, I apologize. (laughs) And believe me, that's a huge thing with me. If I'm going to apologize, I will say the words, I'm sorry. I will not just say, I apologize. So props and shout out to Johnny for taking responsibility for your actions and then making amends. Yeah. And then they talk about Allie's radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says, I ruined our relationship, our friendship. Worst of all, your radio. And she says, you ran it over it with your motorcycle, and I loved this. He says, I didn't run it over. Dutch ran it over. I just threw it. So hilarious when you think also that Dutch, played by Chad McQueen, is currently a race car driver. Yeah. So, Sal, after hearing that, 
I went and looked at that scene again from the Karate Kid. And they just start the bikes, but you don't really see it. So they just embellished there, as far as I know, unless it really happened and they didn't film it. But I just love that they put it out there. And Dutch, if anybody would have done that, it would have been him. <laughs> yeah. I also think that they were giving a little, what would it be called? A foreshadow? Right. You know, when we talk about, is Terry Silver going to come back? The question can come up is, are we ever going to see Dutch again? Because we've seen the rest of the guys. We had the emotional Rob Garrison scene by the campfire. Are we ever going to see Dutch again? Lots of speculation. Again, going back to fan conspiracy videos, lots of interesting stuff about Dutch on there. Are we ever going to see Dutch? This may have been a foreshadow. I think it was. Perhaps. And at the very least, just mentioning Dutch again is great. What I did find interesting, though, Sal, was the fact that no talk of Daniel. Mm, Yeah. They touched on the All Valley, and we got to see a flashback. But no, Daniel's name was not mentioned, which I think is perfectly fine. I agree. They have a lot to catch up on, and we didn't see every moment of their conversation. But I'm surprised it didn't come up, because I'm sure Mr. and Mrs. Mills have seen Daniel's face up and down Ventura Boulevard, the same Daniel that kicked over their brick and their wall that wasn't good enough to date their daughter, probably. And I'm sure they've said to Allie over the years, hey, isn't that that guy from Reseda? He's now a bigwig here. I mean, I'm just saying it would have happened. There would have been some sort of reference at some point in time. I completely agree. I hadn't thought of that, but yes, exactly. They probably, hey, Allie, uh, maybe you should have stuck with that Reseda kid. (laughs) Totally. Look what look what he's become. What about the Johnny? I don't know. I saw him hanging out at the park the other day. Well, I'm sure the Mills know Johnny's stepdad. Oh, hello. Sid. How about uh, <laughs> Cobra Kai season four, Sid meets Mr. and Mrs. Mills? <laughs> I want to see that episode. <laughs> 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 All right. So now we're at Miyagi-Do Dojo and Daniel and Miguel talk. And Sal, this leads to a great scene. Yeah, we see Miguel admiring the 1947 Ford Super Deluxe, lifting up the cover. Want to have a look at the body and paint. Daniel explains how he was from Reseda and Johnny was from up in the hills, and Miguel is blown away by this. I guess that, you know, he's hearing another side of the story. And by the way, I talk about this all the time, hearing both sides of a story, because when you hear both sides of a story, you will hear two sides of a story. So whenever somebody tells me their side, I oh, I want to hear both sides. You may not. You rarely do. But I love hearing both sides. Yeah, this is wonderful stuff here because Miguel didn't know this. Miguel had no idea that Johnny was essentially a rich kid and was on the other side of the tracks and lived up in the hills in Encino. He probably assumed that Daniel was always from money. Look at his house in Encino. Why wouldn't Miguel think that? So yeah, his head is like, whoa, Johnny probably didn't lay it out. Not because he was holding out on him, because Johnny doesn't think that way. He lives in the here and now and the 80s. But it was really neat to see this play out this way. And Miguel, again, I have to give Zolo such credit. He plays such a good, earnest, eager kid. He's really impressing me this season, like he always has. But just watching him take this in from Daniel, his shock and awe, however, he stays so true to Sensei Lawrence and his connection and kinship with him. He's really some of the glue of this series as well. But I like this exchange a lot. 
And you can tell that Daniel is kind of warming up to him because he doesn't know Miguel. Really, he just was the bad Cobra Kai kid that stole his move in All Valley and won against Ravi. Well, absolutely. And referencing All Valley, I love this. This is such a, a nugget for the fan. Miguel says, Sensei Lawrence told me you beat him with an illegal kick. <laughs> and Daniel comes back with, the rules state anything above the waist is legal. Besides, you used that same kick in last year's tournament. So he turns it back on Miguel, reminding him that, hey, we were both within bounds. We were operating fairly. And of course, that refers to the crane kick. I love Miguel's reaction to this. So yeah, great scene. They've bonded. I don't ever remember these guys hitting it off or even spending more than two seconds together. So the last line in the scene, what else did Johnny tell you? So obviously, we're going to hear a whole lot more. And Daniel's going to have to try to set the record straight with what Johnny has told Miguel. So now we're at the Ventura Zoo, and they're breaking into the reptile room, Sal. Yeah, and Hawk has it all scoped out. He has the cameras scoped out. He knows where they are. He knows when the guard takes a break, and he tells everybody, we have less than five minutes. And Robbie asks, five minutes to do what? And Tori says, we're getting a little gift for Sensei. Yeah, it looks like they're getting this Chinese cobra, Sal. Now, I got to say, if this is really a cobra, if it is, it does look similar to the snake that Kreese put at LaRusso Auto that scared everybody out of their mind. And if that is a cobra, then I stand corrected on a previous episode where I said that wasn't a cobra, but it was just one snake. And to take it further, it was the same snake that Kreese fed Clarence to at the dojo. Okay, so the snake that ate Clarence was at the uh, sales floor. Right. Do you think this is the same snake in the aquarium, the same snake actor? Well, maybe the same snake actor, but this is why they're going <laughs> to get Sensei Kreese a gift, because he let his snake go, and he oh, probably never yeah. got that snake back. I get it. He needs a new snake, basically. Yeah. None of these snakes look like the snake on the emblem when we think of a cobra. Okay, and, fine. Yeah. And they may not be a cobra, and we're on to something. They're just grabbing this less venomous snake for the show. So whatever it is, they're going to replace said snake. Yeah. Crease needs a snake. Get him one. <laughs> that should have been the name of the episode. <laughs> Crease's snake. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe no, not. No, that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, Kyler forgets to bring what, Sal? I love this. See, Hawk has a bag, and he asks Kyler if he has the snake pole, you know, that stick you use to grab the snake, got a little hook on the end. Yep. And Hawk says, I orchestrated this entire plan, and you didn't bring the one thing you were in charge of. And then Kyler goes, I forgot, okay? I got a lot on my mind right now. But I like how he says, if I don't pass trig this semester, my dad's going to shit in my mouth. I love Hawk's reaction to that. He's like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Yeah. And then Tori says, just reach in there and grab the snake. But then they overhear someone who's like, hey, who's in there? And they all scurry, except for Robbie, who kind of lingers. And if anyone in this whole group knows how to steal something, it's Robbie. Yeah, he does know how to, how to do that. I completely forgot about that until just now. You're right. He, he has a past. I also wanted to add the fact that Kyler had two jobs, Sal. One was bringing beer. Oh, yes. Yes, he did bring beer. He nailed that. So now we're outside. Robbie comes up last. And what does he say? Well, first of all, I really love seeing Hawk scolding Kyler. I mean, how, re <laughs> how rewarding is that for Hawk to scold Kyler and have him be your underling, so to speak? I loved that for Hawk. I did love that for Hawk. Well, Robbie comes out a second later. He's got the snake in the bag. 
Kyler seemed pretty excited. He was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hawk, not so much. A little jealous, I think. Absolutely. Some people are meant to be leaders and others are meant to be support players. And no matter what Hawk sees himself as, he'll probably never be the leader of the dojo. He's a support player. Teams need him. Role players. One of my favorite UFC fighters because of his mohawk, Dan Hardy, British guy for you UFC fans. Remember Dan Hardy? Awesome mohawk. I love Dan Hardy. Never got the title. Never got to see a, a belt on somebody with a mohawk. Except for Chuck Liddell, but that was a different mohawk. Don't get me started on mohawks. So now we're back to the Miyagi-Do Dojo, and we're back in the Ford Super Deluxe. And this is awesome, Sal. Daniel is essentially breaking down the Karate Kid. They start talking about the dance, the Halloween dance. Yep. They talk about the water hose. Now, right here I'm thinking... Does Miguel know that when he wore that skeleton costume, that that was the very costume that Johnny had in this very moment with the water hose? I don't know if he would have told him exactly that. I'm sure Johnny said, hey, I wore this before all of us Cobra Kais did. And back then, Miguel was the only Cobra Kai. So... Yeah, but he probably doesn't know the events of that evening. Johnny wouldn't probably share the fact that Mr. Miyagi jumped over a fence and bested all of them. So, probably not. But here's where the rubber meets the road, because they talk about Allie being Johnny's first love. Yeah. And Daniel says Allie was also his first love. Yeah. And then we have a flashback to uh, the first movie, playing soccer on the beach. And he says, I thought she was the one. I guess Johnny felt the same way. And that's what started all of this. But does that kind of blame Allie a little bit, do you think, by saying that? No. Here's my takeaway, Sal. Is Samantha the modern-day Allie? Yeah, I, that's exactly. I thought the same thing. So now we're at golf and stuff. And so Johnny and Allie are reliving old days, Sal. And they're playing air hockey, skee-ball, arcade games, basketball shoot, putt-putt. He wins a stuffed hippo. I mean... This is phenomenal, Sal, because you know they did this before. We never saw it. We saw Daniel and Allie experience this. If Johnny and Allie dated like they did, this was probably one, if not 20, of their dates. I think, though, this is the first time we've ever seen a Ferris wheel at Golf yeah. and Stuff, right? Yes. Golf and Stuff is growing. There's laser tag next to it now. Okay. There's, All right. there's so a lot happening there. It's becoming like a whole campus. Right. Where, yeah, because the, the nearest Ferris wheel you would could get on right now, if I wanted to go to a Ferris wheel, I would have to go to Santa Monica Pier Yeah. or hope that some carnival is coming through town, which isn't happening and hasn't happened for a little while. This Golf and Stuff having a Ferris wheel kind of uh, created a new universe here. Yeah. But they're reliving glory days, and this is just wonderful stuff to see. And then this leads to Johnny and Allie having a seat on a bench. And Sal, is that the same bench that Sam and Miguel sat at when they went to golf and stuff on their date? You know what? Knowing Cobra Kai, it probably is. <laughs> it probably, it probably is. is the exact same bench, exactly. And they start taking selfies. Yeah. And I would say I wasn't a fan of these selfies that they were taking because they looked great, but you could barely see the Ferris wheel. I mean, if you're going to take a selfie in front of a Ferris wheel, you want to get some of the Ferris wheel. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, while they're at golf and stuff, redeeming their tickets, where is Chris? Why is he not behind the counter? I hope Chris still has a job after the showdown at Golf and Stuff. 
Well, if you look at the video footage, he would look like a, an innocent party just doing his job, and these hoodlums come in and start robbing him. So he would definitely appear innocent if you look at the playback, I think. I agree. So then they start to share, and Allie talks about her kids, Lucas and Ava, and uh, really nice that she's opening up. And of course, Johnny's already talked about Robbie and the mistakes that he's made previously. Doesn't really get into Miguel. He doesn't want to confuse uh, Allie out of the gate with everything, probably. And he jokes about ditching Schwarber. Yeah. Allie Mills, much better name than Allie Mills Schwarber. Yeah. Allie Mills Lawrence. Oh, I like that. Now, wait a second, though. One thing I have to say here. So she says, I forgot how cold it is in the valley. Okay, she's from Colorado, and earlier she said she loves snow. Really? The valley is cold? Come on, Allie. She was ill-prepared. I'm just thinking this was a line. Okay, if you're a guy who's been on dates with women, you probably heard the old, I'm cold, which we think, oh, she wants me to put my arm around her or give her my coat, right? Well, Johnny puts his arm around her, brings her in closer, and uh, they both lean in for a kiss, and... Seen Johnny Lawrence and Allie Mills leaning in for a kiss. Holy cow. Holy cow. I mean, you know, this is a Daniel and Kumiko moment almost, as far as I'm concerned. And they're leaning, they're about to kiss, and then her phone rings. Interruption. But let's not forget where Johnny woke up this morning and who was next to him. Yeah, so at this very moment in time, is Carmen not arriving home from her shift at work saying, where's Johnny to talk about our relationship? I'm assuming it's a later shift, so he could probably still make it. However, what happens next probably leads me to believe he missed that conversation. Much like when he missed the meeting with Robbie at the jail that Tommy set up, and he stayed at the hospital with Miguel because Rosa asked him to, Johnny's known to miss appointments, so. Yeah, I don't know if he knows that his smartphone has a calendar in it. Yeah. Of course... Allie's interrupted by this phone call because she forgot all about this party. She's got nothing on her agenda, but she forgot about this party. And she asked Johnny if he owns a suit. Yeah. And I was surprised. Uh, later on, we're going to see Johnny looking pretty sharp. And I'm wondering, where the hell did he get this suit? Very styling. Yeah, he looks great. So now we're back at the Cobra Kai Dojo and Crease has a new snake. Yeah. So now Crease addresses the students. He says, I'm impressed. You showed fearlessness, leadership. Those are the qualities you need to be a champion. And he puts his arm on Robbie's shoulder. He says, good job. And of course, we see Hawk's reaction to that. More jealousy coming. Yeah, he planned the whole thing, Sal. Yeah, and he says, you're what Cobra Kai has been looking for. And really, I'm, I'm feeling for Hawk right here. I am, because he thought he was number one, right, of the dojo. At this point, now that Miguel is out, he thought he was number one. Well, I think Tori came in. I think Tori's number one. Until Robbie. Okay, so what do you think then? Then Hawk is like number three now. Yeah, he's a role player. Wow. Okay. But then Kreese goes on to share the fact that Miguel and Samantha saved All Valley. I love the way Kreese delivered these lines because he said it so casually, almost like, oh, yeah. Oh, didn't you hear? Diaz and that LaRusso girl. Yeah, they're working together. They helped save the All Valley. They gave quite a speech. They made a pretty good team. Well, it's getting late. Dismissed. Like, just... Such as an aside, like it's nothing important, and Tori, you could tell, is fuming. And Robbie. Oh, oh yeah. They looked at each other like, what the hell is going on here? You think that was intentional by Greece? <laughs> Mr. Manipulator. Yeah, he pits his own, 
You know, they say this if you ever look at households, uh, read about the narcissistic parent, they call it, will actually pit their own kids against one another. And here's Kreese literally pitting his own students against one another. Yeah. He is a narcissistic sensei. Yeah, he really is. So he's got his uh, evil plan in the works, and everything is going great for Kreese. Everything is turning up roses for Kreese right now. That might be a good episode name as well. What's that? The Narcissistic Sensei. <laughs> I like that. You know, the word narcissism is, is really big right now. Oh. Almost an internet trope. There I go with trope. <laughs> yeah, look out for people using the word uh, narcissism or narcissist. Uh, very popular nowadays. So now we're at the LaRussos, and the Miyagi-Do students are there for a Christmas party, Sal. Yeah, we got Sam. Dimitri, Chris, and Nathaniel sitting on the couch, bored as hell. Dimitri asks if they could put on a Christmas special. He even says, I'd even watch that creepy one with the elf dentist. And I was wondering, what the hell one is he talking about? And of course, he's talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So good. It's a great one. But then, Sal, out of nowhere, who arrives? Well, they're waiting on a keg to be delivered. The doorbell rings. Everybody thinks it's the keg. They turn around. Sam opens up the door. It's Miguel, Mitch, and Bert. And hilarious, Mitch is wearing like a festive hat and one of those ugly Christmas sweaters. By the way, I say ugly Christmas sweater. Fun little story. You remember a few years ago, ugly Christmas sweaters were like a thing and people were taking pictures of their ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah, and it was hat. like a trope. Yeah, hashtag. There you go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we have a winner. I saw a guy at the post office once and I was like, oh, holy cow, right in front of me, ugly Christmas sweater. I went up to this guy. Hey. Great ugly Christmas sweater. And this guy looked at me with such hatred in his eyes because I don't think he knew about the trope. He didn't know about the hashtag. I was giving him a compliment like, hey, I see that sweater. But no, I think maybe he liked the sweater. And I said, hey, great ugly Christmas sweater. Well, leave so ugly now, out of that compliment. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm the asshole here. Well, this is a surprise to Miyagi-Do. Now, obviously, this is Eagle Claw showing up, by the way. They know they're coming to talk to Miyagi-Do at the LaRusso house, but the Miyagi-Do students don't like it, Sal. I love the interaction with Bert and Nathaniel. Bert says, I hate your stupid face so much. And Nathaniel says, if you died, I wouldn't even attend your funeral. Whoa, those are some fighting words there. Bert, Nathaniel. <laughs> and Dimitri says, wait, you parent trapped us? Yeah, I like that reference too. Hey, he gets good lines, that Demetri. Him and Amanda. Mm-hmm, yeah. So Miguel says, this isn't going to work. And Sam says, it has to. So Sam has a plan. So now we cut to this party of which Allie had to go to and Johnny went home and got dressed for. And yes, maybe misses the conversation with Carmen. Or maybe he said, hey, I got this thing. Let's talk later. Or maybe Carmen works the late shift. She works at a hospital. She could get home very late at night. So... Let's hope it doesn't disrupt that. But he's looking like the money, Sal. He's got this white jacket that we've seen before from the trailer for the season. So we kind of were trying to guess what it was. Was he getting married? Was this a wedding? No. Turns out it's a party, but he looks great. And so as he shows up to this party, he sees Allie in a distance. But then, Sal, what else does he see? Oh, yeah. I mean, here among the party at the Encino Oaks Country Club, Johnny walks into the building. Sam's voiceover, we hear, alone, we're nothing. But if we work together, we have a shot. If we can't get over the past, the fighting will never end. And right here is where Johnny sees Allie from a distance. He smiles, excited to see her. 
Allie's talking to Daniel. Johnny sees this. We hear more Sam voiceover. We have to confront our enemies. And now we have the flashback to the original Karate Kid film where Johnny sees Daniel and Allie on the beach with a soccer ball. And then present day, we see Daniel and Allie embrace. And now Sam continues, this rivalry has to stop one way or another. And you know what? It looks like Johnny's ready to strike first because he kind of unfurls his coat a little bit and looks like he's about to take a step forward. It's a great sequence. The episode ends right here. These words really resonated to me on both fronts very strongly. Sure, we never saw Sam address the room. It was all off camera and her voiceover was then used to kind of anchor this scene where everything started, if you will. It is true that they need to end the rivalry. Daniel and Johnny could probably finally see eye to eye and stay there. We've seen them work together, Sal. We've seen it. They just have these little misunderstandings along the way. And then like they take five steps backwards. So I think now's the time to end it. And I don't think end it in fighting and bloodshed. I think just kind of bury the past and move forward. And Allie could be a part of that. I mean, we're going to know episode 10 season finale is coming up next. And I'm dying to explore that for the show. But that's how I took it. And at the same time, I do believe Sam is talking about bloodshed to some degree. She's rallying greater numbers and trying to put a bigger team together to take on Cobra Kai. But that was my takeaway. Well, even though Johnny has these flashbacks to seeing them on the beach with the soccer ball, Daniel's not a a legitimate threat here. I mean, he's a married man, happily married. So even though he had those little flashbacks and those thoughts... Right? Daniel's not a legitimate threat. He may get a little jealous when he sees him hug. But really, I mean, if you look at the way Allie's getting divorced and came into town and looked up her ex-boyfriend, Johnny's officially single, even though he had a wonderful evening with Carmen. Yeah. So they are free agents, to use the term, whereas Daniel is not a free agent. So yeah, he's not a legitimate threat. So even though Johnny's upset a little bit, he continues to move forward. And I think that he just looks at Daniel like, how often am I going to let this guy get in my way? And you're right. (laughs) He's not a threat in this situation. But they're always bumping heads along the way. I mean, they just bumped heads when they both went to go pick up Robbie when he got out of the juvenile detention center. So I think he's just like, you know what? Daniel's an okay guy. We'll probably always not see eye to eye, but let's move on. And you know, this is leading up to a three shot. Uh, when this scene continues in the next episode, we're going to see a three shot with Daniel and Johnny and Allie. I don't think we've seen one of those since the beach scene, right? Great point. No, we have not. They all had some scenes together in The Karate Kid. But yeah, as far as like just the three of them in a tight exchange, not since the beach scene. Yeah. So that's going to be a real treat to see. So, well, uh, I'm really excited about episode 10. That's going to be uh, our next one. And um, whoa, you know what? I think I saw the episode uh, probably when it debuted. So it's been uh, almost two months out. So I forgot what happened. So (laughs) I'm excited. I saw it on January 2nd because I watched five on January 1st and five on January 2nd. So I've not seen 10 in a while either. And uh, yeah, this was a great episode though. We had Allie. She's back. The Mills household. You had Miguel and Daniel bonding. You had Sam and Miguel making out. You had Tori and Robbie connecting and making Cobra Kai stronger. 
And Eagle Claw joining Miyagi-Do to then battle Cobra Kai. Things are a brewing, Sal. All right. Well, everybody, uh, I'm very excited about it. So uh, looking forward to it. Me too. One more to go, Sal. One more to go. So thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk Cobra Kai wherever you get your podcast. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on our social media, which is at Let's Talk Cobra Kai. We also highly recommend checking out the Let's Talk Movies podcast and visiting JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy.